So, uh, as we've been talking about, this, this week was kids camp, and each day we had a particular lesson that we would learn. The uh, first day on Monday, who can remind me who was our first one? Claire. Ryan, he said Jesus gives us hope, right? Who was uh, the second day? Who can tell me that one? Corbin. Right, yeah, right. Radar. There's a couple hints over there, right. He was, what did he remind us? Do you remember? Right, Jesus gives us direction. Right. The third one, uh, Bella. Right, and she reminds us that Jesus gives us love, actually. Remember, like her face? Yeah, her face, if you look at Olivia over there, she's the owl in the center. Her face is shaped in a heart. There's to remind us that Jesus gives us love. And who was the last one? Anybody remember? Krista. Ray. Right, right. So all of these were great uh, themes, in, uh, but my favorite, my favorite was Olivia, that Jesus gives us love. And we were talking about this this week, about the, that Jesus gives us love, and we were talking about how, like the extent, the, the, what he went to to show us his love. But I was thinking about it uh, the last few days. Uh, who here feels like they need saving? Lord, please help me. Please save me, Lord. Who here feels like they need saving? See, I was thinking about that, is that we live in a time right now where lots of people say, or think that, you know, I don't really need any saving. I don't really do anything wrong. Because we live in a world right now where right and wrong is more just a matter of opinion. Well, I think it's right. Well, I think it's wrong. Well, okay, we'll just, that's just your opinion. And, but as followers of Jesus... We believe that God has given us uh, a way to live, a good way to live. And to live that way is good, and to not live that way is bad. And actually, God has a word for it. He calls it sin or sinful. And so we were talking about that, and I started thinking about some of the sinful things in my life. Some of the times when I get angry and I say things that I shouldn't say. Corbin, have you ever seen me do that? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to even ask Tracy. <laughs> or times when we can remember when we've done things that we were ashamed of, maybe lying when we knew the truth, or cheating because we really wanted to win, that we all need this saving. These things, all these things, they separate us from God because God is holy. That means that God doesn't do any of these things. God doesn't cheat. God doesn't lie. God doesn't steal. He doesn't do any of those things. And so for us to do those things, then we can't be with our Father in Heaven, with, with, with God. And so we need help. We need saving. We need someone who would come and save us. So we're talking about, like, who here has ever told a lie, even a little one? Raise your hand, honestly. Hey kids, I want you to look around. Because sometimes we think, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, adults have it all figured out. They never do anything wrong. But did you see that we all have done something wrong? We've all lied. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever cheated on anything. Look around, kids. Even adults make mistakes. Okay. I'm debating whether we have to raise our hands for this one, but (laughs) who here 
has ever got really angry and hurt somebody, like through your words, maybe picked on your brother or your sister or your spouse, or maybe even physically hit someone as Nick and Lee are sitting right next to each other. Because <laughs> you see that we all wrestle with these things. These are all things that we've all done. And all of these things, actually, they separate us from our God. Because God, like I said, God is holy and he can't have any of these things around him. So what were we going to do? I don't know if you remember it, but do you remember when we were here at Kids Camp and we had, we had the Bible up here and we said, okay, do 10 jumping jacks. And you guys did 10 jumping jacks in any place. And we said, did that help you get any closer to God? And we said, no. And then do you remember we said, okay, we're going to leave the, the Bible right there. Okay, now do 10 push-ups. And we did 10 push-ups. And did that help us get any closer to God? And we remember we realized no. And we realized that the point of that was that no matter how hard we try, even if we really, really try as hard as we can, we still make mistakes. And trying harder does not get us any closer to God. There's only one way that we are saved. There's only one way that we get this help that we need. Does anybody have an idea who that might be? Anybody? Right, Elaine. I just, I just got to take just one second. She's right, it's Jesus, but Elaine did amazing this week. All the girls. She, Elaine, I am so proud of you. Actually, all three of you girls, you guys did amazing. I'm so proud of the leaders that you are becoming. Um, so, anyways, she's right, Jesus. Jesus is the one who saves us. And as you remember, we talked about it. Remember when we talked about how Jesus loved? Do you remember when we talked about that on the night that um, just before he was crucified, that Jesus had a special meal with his disciples? Hey, Sam, do you remember that story? Sammy, do you remember that story that Jesus met with all of his disciples? And he said, one of you is going to betray me. Do you remember that part? Where Judas, one of even Jesus' closest followers, he said, one of you is going to betray me, whoever dips his bread with me, and it was Judas. And then Judas went out and, and sold Jesus, told the, the armed guards where he was going to be, and he betrayed Jesus. So Jesus loved us so much that he would come, and even though he was betrayed. Do you remember, who here has been betrayed before? Yeah? Do you remember how that felt? Who can tell me, who is, feels up, like up to telling me kind of how that felt to be betrayed? Oh, you're not, No? It feels pretty bad, doesn't it? It feels horrible to be betrayed. And Jesus was betrayed for us. He, he went through betrayal even for us. So Jesus, after he had this, this dinner with his disciples, then he went out to a place called, um, well, actually before that, he, he was talking with Peter. And Peter said, Lord, I will never betray you. No way. I will never abandon you. And Jesus said, before the rooster crows, you will deny me even three times. Peter said, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No way, Jesus. And so then after that, they went out to the place called the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember? And Jesus went with his disciples and, and then he prayed with them and they were falling asleep and he told them to wake up and then they still wouldn't. And then pretty soon, the, the temple soldiers, the temple guards came to arrest Jesus. And then after talking with them, and they, they arrested Jesus, they took him. And what did all of his disciples do? Did they all stand with him and, and go to prison with him? Nope. Remember, they betrayed him or they, they abandoned him. 
all of his disciples fled. They all left. So Jesus loved us so much that not only would he go through betrayal, but he would also go through abandonment. That everybody who loved him, everybody that he cared about, all of his closest friends and followers, they all left. Has anybody here been abandoned before? Or felt like, oh, where did everybody go? I'm all by myself. How does that feel? It feels pretty scary, doesn't it? And yet Jesus went through all of that for us. He was abandoned even for us. So then they took Jesus and they arrested him. They took him to the high priest and they had, they questioned him and all these things. And, and then finally the high priest said, okay, just tell us, Jesus, who are you? Are you the son of God? And Jesus said, I, I am. And you will see the son of man coming on the clouds of heaven. He basically said, yeah, I am who you say I am. I am the son of God. And at this, they went crazy and they started beating him and spitting on him and they locked him in a prison and then they brought him to Pilate who was a Roman official at the time, and then Pilate had his soldiers whip him and beat him. Jesus was beaten and abused. And he did all of this because he loved us. Even that, he went, he went through even all of that because of how much he loves us. But it gets worse. So after they beat Jesus, after they whipped him, and he could barely even stand, let alone walk, they made him carry a giant wooden cross up to a hill called Golgotha, which means the hill of the skull, which sounds like a horrible place, doesn't it? But it was a horrible place. That's where people went to be crucified, to die. And so they put Jesus on this cross, hammering nails through his wrists, probably, through his ankles, putting him on this cross. And do you know, who here thinks that Jesus was God? I do. Do you know as God, he could have gotten off the cross at any moment? He could have snapped his fingers and stopped time. He could have flipped everything around and made everybody else on the cross and him off. He's God. He could have done all these things. And yet, because of who he is, because of his love for us, he endured the cross. He went through the cross and everything that it means. You see, all the things that we've done, all the times when we've said hurtful things, all the lies that we've told, the times that we've cheated, the things that we've done that we are really ashamed of. All these things separate us from God. And they ultimately, separation from God leads to death. So ultimately, the result of our sin or the things we've done wrong leads to death. Except for Jesus. He saved us. And he's the one who actually died on the cross for us. So instead of us dying, Jesus died on the cross taking our place. And because he did that, we have been saved. We've been reconciled. It means everything that we've been done wrong, Jesus takes care of it. And now we can be together with our Father in heaven forever. Meaning that we will never die. When we believe or trust our lives into Jesus, we'll never die and we'll be with him forever. So Jesus did all this on the cross. And, you know, if that was the end of it, that would be pretty amazing but it gets better. Who can tell me what happened three days after he died on the cross? Who here has an answer? What, what did Jesus do three days? Claire. Right, Jesus rose again. You're absolutely right. That's a good answer. They put him in a tomb and they sealed it. And then the women came, some of his followers came to find him to put spices to prepare him even more for burial. And he wasn't there. He was risen 
He is alive still today. Jesus is alive. Fisher, can you believe that? That Jesus is still alive even today. That is amazing news. Even though he died and saved us, then he rose again and gives us hope that death is never the end for us. That because of Jesus, we can live forever with him. So then Jesus rose again, uh, and then he began... And then he uh, taught his disciples. He told them about the, the Holy Spirit that would come, if you remember that. And he said the Holy Spirit will come and give us power, and that's where we learned about Ray, that Jesus gives us power. He gives us this Holy Spirit. And then Jesus went up into heaven. He ascended into heaven. And now he sits at God's right hand. That means he sits right next to the Lord God in a place of power and authority. It means that Jesus is in control over everything. I know sometimes we look at the world around us. We even sang some of those songs about how things look so crazy, so messed up and broken. And sometimes we can believe, wow, is Jesus really the one who's in charge? But I believe that he is. Even though this world is broken and doesn't work the way that it's supposed to all the time or even most of the time, I believe that Jesus reigns, that we can trust in him, and that gives us hope. That's exactly what Sal was talking about, that because of Jesus, because he saved us, because he has risen again, that gives us hope. So those are just some of the things that we've uh, learned, um, some of the things that we've been working through this week. And I wanted to ask some of you adults, as maybe you can share it for the sake of the kids, what does Jesus' love mean for you? I know it's a big question, but it'd be really, I think it'd be really great for the kids to hear, what does Jesus' love mean for you? Yeah, Yvonne. Everything. Right. Everything, right. Supplies everything. Yeah. Did you guys hear that? What Miss Yvonne said? I know it's hard to believe right now, but Miss Yvonne is right. She's totally right. Who else can maybe share what, what God's love means for you? Right. Like he knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. To, to go through heartbreaking things. He knows what all those things are like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, seeing God's goodness in Jesus. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, Nicole. Never being alone. Right. Right. Even sometimes when we feel alone, to remember that God is right there with us. Right. See, most of you know how much your parents love you, right? Maybe the teenagers have some questions, but, but everybody else, you know how much your parents love you, right? Imagine that. The are, Rudy is absolutely right, that the Lord Jesus loves us even more than that. So much more than that. It's hard to even understand. Yeah, you're right. So this is one of, oh, yeah, Mark, go ahead. There's just, uh, hey, Rick, could you put the slides up? The, the first thing I wanted to just, um, says that this, as I was thinking this week about what we've been talking about, um, this verse came to me. So this is from John 15. Uh, Jesus is speaking to the disciples. He says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down their life for their friends. And then, Rick, if you could hit the sign. And this was the verse that we learned uh, this week in kids' camp. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And I was thinking about how these two verses fit together. This whole week as we've been listening to, um, oh, the bird, the bat is right in the middle of it. <laughs> so this is, this is how we know. That's no right there. This is how, sorry, because no is right there. 
you guys got it better than I do. So this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down. This was the verse we were working with, and I was thinking about the verse above it. And so Jesus tells us, he doesn't really fill in the blanks, but he says, this is how you know if somebody really loves you, is they lay down their life for you. And then John, one of his disciples later says, this is how we know what love is, because that's exactly what Jesus did, is he laid down his life for us. So keep remembering this, that this week, I, this is one thing I'd like you to do, and for those of you who are, who are young and the rest of us who still are young at heart maybe, uh, that um, we focus on these words, these, uh, this verse that, uh, from John, 1 John 3.16, that this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid, laid down his life for us. And if it helps, remember Olivia, the owl with her heart-shaped face, that God loves us. So maybe this is, if you're here this morning, this is the first time you've ever even heard about Jesus or the first time in a while to be reminded of how much God loves us. That no matter what we've done, no matter how bad it is or how long it is, um, that God loves us. And because of Jesus, we are forgiven. All we have to do is ask him, Lord Jesus, please forgive me and begin following him. And it saves us. The Lord God saves us when we could never save ourselves.